0: I've been eating quite a few poppadoms recently uh, but not like the you know you can get the good ones from Indian restaurants but i've I've actually been getting the ones from supermarkets that you often you can often buy to go alongside your curry sauce uh, they're not really quite the same they are sort of drier you know generally less good and uh, and the chutney you can buy in the supermarket to go with them and that is weird as well. I don't remember getting big chunks of mango in the restaurant. Where did those big chunks of mango come from? It from the supermarket mango chutney. You know, it's it's. Um, I think it's silly. I mean, having said all that, I, I do still rather enjoy supermarket poppadoms. I I keep buying them. Have you have you tried the ones that you can uh, you fry in the pan yourself? Uh, they're quite good. I um I looked on the back of the packaging they came in, and you can actually microwave them as well, which um which worked actually better than I thought it would, but also altogether less good than frying them in the pan. Um so you know I, I you know if you were to get poppadoms yourself to, uh, detective I I would suggest um I I would suggest frying them in the pan
1: that really wasn't my question
0: Well I I know but I just wanted to sort of you know start the show on, on a lighter note you know
1: and might I remind you that while you have been allowed and I have absolutely no idea why to record this interview for your weird radio thing,
0: a uh, pop podcast. It's a, it's a podcast. Pardon. It's it's not radio. It's it's on the internet. Everyone's making them. Although, I've I've been the only person talking, really, haven't I? I should probably um I should probably try and get some some better stuff. Um, what got you into policing in the no, first? No, no, p-
1: no. This is my interview, and radio or internet or wherever it is you make your show. I bet you could figure out that this is also a recording system, and my material may be used against you in a court of law. So I will ask you once more. Harold, when was the last time you saw Ed? Turn that off. Turn that off. Why on earth is there a ginger man sitting in the corner of my office playing a string jingle out of his iPod? iPod? Where are you even from? Try
0: not to ruin it for listeners at home. They, they, they thought we had a, a contiguous orchestra.
1: No, no, no. I am going to be postponing this interview until you learn to respect this institution, Harold. I call you in here for a serious interview and you spend 30 minutes babbling on about who knows what. And then, when I finally manage to get a word in, you try to repeat the whole thing again?
0: Well, you know, my, my mic was not on, on on the first the first go, so... I um, never suspected it, it
1: would come even remotely close to this, but in order to clear you from suspicion, I will be obtaining a warrant to search your home in the coming days. Interview with Harold. End at 2.30pm.
0: Uh, I suppose I should probably uh, stop recording myself then, I guess. What's this, oh, that's, uh, you wait for Euro fifty classic matches. Ooh. Oh, no, that's, uh That's the apprentice why I fired them 2014. Good DVD actually, but um what we're after. That might be interesting. Uh, Do do you think it might work a bit closer to my neck? And uh while you're there, what do you think of my new scent?
1: You smell different.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's my new my new shower gel, uh, Radox, uh sea, sea minerals and fennel. Uh how how do I sound now? Ah oh, fabulous. Th- thank you very much, Pete.
1: No problem. What's this show anyway? Action Wolf?
0: Didn't they give you a rundown? It's called Action Wolf because we're going to go one step further than the other more passive consumer protection shows. Instead of just relaying injustices that we get sent in from someone at home to all the other people at home, we're going to go out and actively seek out and tackle the exploitative practices of these big companies.
1: So why are we at this garden
0: centre? <laughs> what do you mean, why are we at the garden centre? This place screams of malpractice. If they donate as much to charity as they claim, then how can they afford that moderately large greenhouse? You have to look at the bigger picture, Pete. See, that that lady over there, She is carrying an awful lot of plants. I bet she was pressured into buying way more than she wanted. Follow me, Pete, quickly. Hello, madame. You have an awful lot of flowers there. Did you intend to buy them all?
1: Yeah, I love my plants. Oh,
0: sorry. I love plants. Plus they have some great deals. Four for three on pansies and tulips. Four for three or... But, but you've only got fifteen plants there, madam. I... I think you've been deprived of a small pot of pansies. Do not worry, this is precisely the kind of wrongdoing Percy person I are here to make right. Excuse me sir, you owe that woman over there a pot of pansies. What do you have to say for yourself? 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 Do you have anything to say for yourself at all? What do you have to say for yourself? 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 Do you have anything to say for yourself? What do you have 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 to say to yourself? Do you have anything to say? What do you have to say for yourself? What do you have to say for yourself? What do you have to say for yourself? Why do you have to say for yourself? Say something. Say anything. Say something. What do you have to say for yourself? Say, oh, ah. <laughs> doing right now
1: nothing in particular making a terrarium or something what's up
0: uh well today i had an interview with a detective over here about ed
1: oh what did he want to know
0: uh you know he asked me when i last saw him
1: and what did you say
0: something to do with Papa Doms, but that was just so that the podcast had a bit of continuity or rather contiguity with a g
1: hang on what podcast
0: the contiguous podcast of course I got the letter through inviting me to the interview and thinking of Ed just reminded me of how long it's been and I was handed a co-host on a plate.
1: Yeah, being police interviewed about the sudden disappearance of the former host of a podcast is a pretty solid foundation for a reboot. But Harold, why are you calling me about this? I know I was on the pod too, but we've not spoken since you took over from Ed.
0: Well, after the interview with the detective, I realised that he wouldn't make a very good co-host. And then it dawned on me. Get more links to the past. We should bring back the second generation of the contiguous podcast. You should be my co-host.
1: But no.
0: Yes. We should actually try to figure out what happened to Ed after he left the podcast in episode three. I have loads of his old stuff. I just listened back to that time he ambushed a customer and a cashier at a garden centre. Plus, the detective says he'll be searching my home soon. We can just make the place look a bit too clean. Leave some recordings of Ed's work around.
1: Could add a whole extra dimension to the story. So, to clarify, bear with me, you and I watch back over a load of Ed's work in the two years between him leaving the podcast and now. Yes. And in doing so, hope to, at least as far as the audience is aware, discover where Ed has got to. Yes. Meanwhile, you were going to obstruct the legal process, in particular by playing with a detective with whom you recently dodged a basic question by bringing up poppadoms.
0: Exactly. So, are you in?
1: Absolutely not. Rats. Oh, Alex. Did you ever see the news report about the garden centre thing? Uh, No. Why? Are there any leads? I mean, I can't really remember it that well. But I
0: have the DVD if you want to and watch it. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's, uh, let's find out.
1: Hello and good evening. Tonight we lead with the breaking story that famous news presenter David Powers has been injured in a road traffic accident which has left 12 dead and dozens more injured. Initial reports have reportedly initially reported that a red sports car with a driver matching Powers' description swerved erratically into oncoming traffic near junction 12 of the M-117 westbound. Daffid is currently undergoing treatment at St. Saw's Hospital in Outer England, and we'll get more to you when we have it. On a personal note, Daffid was actually meant to present tonight's programme, and is thought to have been on his way to the studio when he was involved in the incident. I think I speak for everyone here at News Corp when I say, I hope Daffid recovers as speedily as he drove his car into that minibus full of children. Elsewhere, the Secretary General of the United Nations has announced today that war is to be made legal. Speaking at a UN summit in New York, he delivered a speech in which he claimed that ongoing violent conflicts across the world prove conclusively that the war on war has failed. In 1927, the nations of the world signed the Locarno Treaty, making war officially illegal. However, since then, the Secretary-General noted, the world has witnessed the biggest war in its history and continued proliferation of war-related paraphernalia. He went on to declare that the UN would now be treating war as an issue of public health. The Prime Minister was also present at the summit, but decided to focus on his domestic agenda, promising to cut knife crime. When pressed on the details, Downing Street released the following statement. The government hopes to invest in a knife, made easy by its poor regulations on knife purchases, before loitering around on a street corner. It hopes to stab knife crime near a bus stop after knife crime leaves a restaurant it frequently visits with a view to causing death or serious harm. This is only the latest of a wide array of anti-crime measures being set out by the Home Secretary. Among the others include work to send emails to scammers posing as well-known companies in order to procure their personal information. And another... To follow stalkers around until they feel uncomfortable. In other news, former podcaster Ed, of contiguous podcast fame, was involved in a fracas at a garden centre this afternoon. Police were called to the scene by a member of staff who had barricaded themselves in the staff room. The raised voice of the ex-podcaster clearly audible in the background. It is believed Ed is currently being held in a nearby police station. This is only the latest episode in the troubled life of Ed, who I actually interviewed a few weeks ago, but I discovered earlier today that that footage has been lost.
0: We've got to find that interview.
1: Gentlemen! I'm recording the news. Stop ringing that. You record the news here? But you work for News Corp. This is a generic semi-detached house. Exactly. No one can tell the difference on camera. A proper office isn't worth the expense. Anyway, what can I do for you, gentlemen? We just listened back to a report you made two years ago. You mentioned an interview from around that time that you'd lost. Two years ago? I barely remember what happened yesterday, guys. The news cycle is about 45 minutes.
0: Um, it was with this guy called Ed. It was like about him ambushing some people at garden centre.
1: Sorry, gentlemen. I really don't remember. People go mad at garden centres all the time. It's sort of a staple Thursday 3.45 to 4.30 story.
0: You know, you talk about um, war being made legal.
1: I don't remember that.
0: Uh, the government stabbing knives?
1: No, neither, I'm afraid.
0: Uh, like some sort of Daffodil guy, like hitting a minibus full of school children.
1: Daffid! Daffid Powers, of course! I had to do the news alone for a good couple months while he recovered.
0: Yes, yes, that's the one. Um, You said something about you lost the footage for an interview at the end of that one. Um, We're looking for that footage.
1: I'm afraid I lose footage all the time. It just comes out so fast. I can't even catch it most of the time. What? And that day, I reckon I had five minutes between hearing I was going to be on and getting in front of the camera. Probably didn't even try looking for it.
0: Uh, well, can we have a look around for it? Maybe we can find it. Be
1: my guest, but I wouldn't
0: hold your hopes up. Oh, I found it. Uh, it was underneath his cabinets.
1: Why was that the first place you looked?
0: You know, you, you've got to start looking somewhere. Anyway, let's go watch this, see if we can find any leads. Hey, Mr. Newscastier? Anchor. encore, uh, Would you mind doing a final voiceover for our podcast? I beg your pardon. You know, like at the end of the episode, you sort of ask questions like, what will Harold and Alex discover next? Will they ever find Ed? Are there any large corporations based down your road? Yeah, make sure the audience listen next episode.
1: Sure thing, fellas. Just send me through the words. Welcome to Tough Chat, a News Corp production in which we put challenging questions to the key figures of our times. In today's episode, I sat down with former podcaster Ed, who made a number of appearances on the Contiguous Podcast. I asked him about the nature of his departure from the podcast and, more specifically, His departure from Alex, his friend, and co-star. I do hope you enjoy it. I was wondering if we could start by looking at the nature of your departure from the Contiguous podcast, and, more specifically, your departure from Alex, your friend and co-star.
0: Yes, well, uh, to best answer that question, I should start with the beginning of my relationship with Alex, I suppose. I think I always loved her. She was beautiful. And not just in the way that supermodels are. I mean, she certainly had that going for her too. I mean, heck, she had the kind of figure that made you want to cup your hands and slurp it in large gulps. The kind of feet that could be mistaken for wings. Ears which regularly made me cry fingernails. Elbows that smelt like the taste of fragrant candles. But no. She was beautiful in many other ways that could also be argued to be described to perhaps be, if, if you like, you could say, beautiful. She spoke in a ethereal tone, which often moved people to exclaim, Sorry dear, what, what was that you just said? Whenever you pinned her against a wall and threatened her with a brick, she would say, I bet that brick wishes it was me right now. Which I think was a play on how walls can sometimes be made from bricks. Yes. I think I loved her. We lived in a village not far from Rotterdam, and I can remember my last day there vividly. There were no clouds in the sky, blazing sunshine, and a good deal of townsfolk were enjoying the summer fair. Now was our chance. I hastily prepared a picnic, grabbed her arm and led her into the fields. We must have been a couple of miles away from the village when we finally stopped in an overgrown meadow to rest and start lunching. We ate scraps of stale bread and drank crumbs of stale bread. I hadn't had much time to prepare. After I'd packed the scraps of our meal back into the bin liner I'd brought them in, I finally had a chance to say what i had wanted to say to her for many years. How long do you think we have until society goes truly cashless and coins become little more than useless trinkets of a time long since past? I asked. A level with you, I was too afraid of how she might respond. This was not really what had been eating away at me for years. I would have to find a different way to express myself. Her belly stared deep into my eyes and I returned the favour. Are you staring at my belly? she asked. I'd like to stare into your soul, I replied. She looked perplexed at first, but eventually she seemed to understand. She touched my arm and began to say something. However... I did not catch what it was that she was to say, for I had chosen to begin kissing her passionately. She kissed me back and invited me into what I can only re-describe as a jiu-jitsu grip. I struggled violently. It was three seconds of true bliss. About two seconds into the bliss, however, I noticed that her grip on my body had entirely loosened. What's wrong? I asked her urgently, but not receiving a reply. I shook her body vigorously, but to no avail. Her body was not roused from a micro-sleep set upon her by some undiagnosed case of narcolepsy, but rather it was stone dead. I flipped her body over, only to discover what had caused the demise of her physical heart and my emotional heart. She had leant back on some abandoned farming equipment which had been disguised in the long grass. A sharp bit that was part of the farm equipment and was sticking out of the farm equipment must have stabbed her in the back and killed her. Miriam, I howled. Wait, were you not talking about... I did the honourable thing and buried her in a shallow grave and fled to the United Kingdom. Subsequently, I met a guy called Alex and created a podcast with him.
1: Alex was played by Alex, Ed was played by Ed. Harold, the detective, the lady with the flowers, and myself were played respectively by my next door neighbor, my plumber, an ice cream truck driver, and myself. The music is by Archie Clifford, and the sounds were of the world. Will we ever learn What actually happened to Ed? Will the rest of the search prove so easy? Will all of this make good friends of Harold and Alex? Or is this just two guys watching some old footage together? And just what was Alex playing on the piano? To find out whether these questions will be answered, tune in to the next episode of the Contiguous Podcast. (laughs)